Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi everyone, welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 127. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back. And before we get into today's episode, I just want to ask a quick favor. (laughs) If any of you listening have been enjoying the podcast and have not left a rating or review on Apple Podcast, I would be so, so appreciative if you would leave a few kind words or just tap that five star. It really does help other people to find the show and it just makes me really happy every time I see a new rating or review. Thank you so much to everybody that has it. Honestly, it means so much to me. And again, it just helps other people to find the show. And I think this is a good episode for people to find. To be honest, I actually had a whole other episode kind of ready to go for today. And I decided to shift gears. This is going to be a solo episode. Uh, Every now and then I just get this kind of tug on my heart to sort of speak what's on my heart. And I decided to do that today because particularly one mom I have been talking to for the past couple weeks, kind of while she was in the process of getting her daughter evaluated and then ended up, you know, getting the autism diagnosis. And honestly, I talk to parents all the time, like since having the podcast, I, I hear from a lot of parents who, you know, say they're either new and getting a diagnosis or they're in the process or they're going through evaluations or maybe they're not even there yet. They're, you know, just kind of starting to think that their child maybe, you know, showing signs of autism regardless or, or people who are, you know, have, have teenagers or adult children. I I mean, I hear from all different kinds of parents, but what is interesting about, you know, talking to, a parent of a very newly diagnosed child and it's it's different for me now because even like a couple years ago when I started the show I pretty much right away began hearing from people who you know were maybe in the same boat that I was or had you know a child a little bit younger a newer diagnosis because when I started the show I was you know a couple years out from Logan being diagnosed but you know at that point I think I was it, it, I had healed in some ways but honestly doing the podcast has really been what's healed me and just helped me kind of have a whole new perspective on things I feel like I was sort of at like just like the beginning of that sort of new phase in accepting the diagnosis and kind of like I don't want to say moving on with our lives but you know just sort of moving to the next phase like I said I think there's there's very like distinct chapters <laughs> kind of how I look at it. And I look at that sort of in in my life. I don't know if that makes me if other people can relate to that. But I I look back on like certain kind of chapters in my life like as just that, as like a chapter. And I feel like, you know, 
everything with Logan, it's, it's many chapters <laughs> and it's not just like this one chapter autism. It's, it's so many chapters and it's, it's still going and I'm sure there will be many more to come. But when I, when I talk to parents now who are in that still very kind of fresh phase of, you know, just hearing the diagnosis or really like just kind of navigating this whole new world of autism, it's both easier for me to, you know, kind of speak to them in a, in a way that I know I would have wanted to be spoken to. I was like, honestly, kind of desperate to hear somebody who had been on this path, who was not, you know, so fresh on this path like I was. But at the same time, I can, I can so easily slip back into those feelings and how I felt on, you know, diagnosis day or like shortly before or after those feelings are still so real to me. And as much as, like I said, I really have healed and have kind of, again, I keep wanting to say moving on, but it's like autism is not something you move on from, but I've moved on from, from that part, from that chapter where it was, you know, a lot of heartache and tears and, we're, we're at a whole new phase now. So I'm going to talk more about that. And then I also, just as a kind of fun exercise for myself, I was thinking about that kind of hashtag, how it started versus how it's going. And I ended up, I wrote out a few and honestly, I could have written like 20 of those, <laughs> like related to autism and just kind of how I felt back at the beginning versus how I felt now. And I'm going to share some of those a little bit later. But kind of going back to sort of those early days, I I really detailed our story in the very first episode of this podcast, which honestly, I still cringe a little bit to think of people finding and listening to because God only knows what I said like two and a half years ago, and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but if you haven't listened to that episode, that might be a good one for you to listen to, because like I said, I, I really kind of detail more about our journey. But what I wanted to talk about more so today was not necessarily just kind of like the ins and outs of when Logan was diagnosed, but more so more so the the feelings around it. And, I, and I've talked about this many times on the show, it's kind of come up in conversation or maybe on some solo episodes, but I haven't done this in a long time where I've really sort of looked back on our journey. And like I said, what feelings of mine have really changed from the beginning till now and, and just how my heart has changed there. There's it's, it's in honestly in ways that I can't even describe, but I'm going to try. <laughs> so like I said, this mom had reached out to me and basically said, you know, they, they had gotten the diagnosis and she literally said, she's like, I am really struggling. And I can so clearly, like I said, remember that day, Logan was actually diagnosed the day after Liliana's first birthday. And there was just like this kind of heaviness in the air sort of leading up to that day. I remember you know, at her birthday party, um, pretty much all of our friends and family knew that the next day we were taking Logan for this very involved and, and detailed evaluation that we had been prepping for, for honestly months at that point. We were on an eight month wait list. 
I had a stack of paperwork to fill out. I, I can't even tell you how many pages it was. Probably at least 50, like front and back. I mean, it was so detailed from the, the minute he was born, from in utero. It was from before he was even born, from my pregnancy, up until that point, which he, was, he, he had just turned four when he was diagnosed. So, I mean, there was a lot to go over. We had been in early intervention for, you know, two years. And then he was at that point in, in the school district and his special education preschool class. So there was a lot to, to go over just in the paperwork. And then the actual day itself, we went to a developmental pediatrician. I know there's many different routes you can take. That was just kind of what was recommended by our pediatrician, who she referred us to. And the doctor was reputable. She had, I, I had talked to other people who had, had gone to her um, or had even just seen like online. So I felt comfortable doing that. And it was a long day. It was several hours. And he saw a, a speech therapist in OT and I believe a child psychologist also. And he saw them kind of together and separate. I mean, it was several hours. Like I said, he was four. He saw the doctor herself. And one of the things that I, I did think was really good about that evaluation. And honestly, looking back, and especially after talking to other people, I actually think we had a really good experience. And I think we were lucky because like I said, I, I felt that this doctor was reputable and, and her team was, but I had no clue what was going on back then. And honestly, in so many ways, I feel like we just got lucky with so many situations because I talked to so many people who really just have like horror stories and nobody ever said to us anything like, you know, Logan will never do this or that, or there was, there really was none of that. It was, it was mostly focusing on positive and, you know, yes, he had deficits, but I remember the doctor saying like, she knew he was going to make great gains and was very encouraging to us and kind it delivered the news with kindness because after, you know, this very long day, one of the things, like I said, that I, I appreciated was before we even went, they had told us there we'll have like a little break, like, I don't know, 30 minutes or so in between the, or maybe an hour. I can't remember how long it was, but basically after Logan kind of saw everybody, there would be a little break and then Manny and I would meet with the doctor and they had suggested to have someone come pick up Logan, which I wouldn't have probably thought of, but I, I'm forever thankful <laughs> that they told us to do that because what ended up happening was my sister came to pick him up. They went back home. She had been watching Liliana. So he went home with, with my sister and with Liliana and Manny and I got to, you know, kind of hear that news, just the two of us. And yeah, I, I always suggest that to people now, whenever anyone, you know, tells me they're going in for an evaluation, I'm like, whether they tell you to do this or not, to see if you can have someone come get your child. Because honestly, like, I don't, I don't know what we would have done if Logan had been there. I mean, I, I think Manny and I would have had to like compose ourselves a little bit more, but in that moment, we, we didn't have to compose ourselves. We could really like just kind of let our feelings out because Logan wasn't there and we didn't, you know, obviously I wouldn't want to like scare him or anything. And we did, we, the doctor, I mean, she said, you know, autism spectrum disorder. And as much as we were prepared to hear that, 
you know, you're never really prepared, or at least I wasn't for sure. I mean, we, we knew that that was coming. I remember, like I said, there was this heaviness kind of leading up to the appointment. I remember Manny saying to me, maybe the, a day or two before we were going to bed and he was like, I just feel like the hammer is about to fall. And I was like, I completely agree with you. Like that was really how it felt. And, you know, like I said, this, I feel completely different now and I see things in a totally different way. But at the time that was how I felt. I felt like I I really didn't know which way was up. And when the doctor, you know, delivered that diagnosis, it was like, that was the hammer falling. And, you know, Manny and I cried a lot that day. I remember we, we cried in the office. And like I said, the doctor was very kind and gave us a lot of, you know, encouragement and good advice. She wanted, you know, she recommended for Logan to start ABA. She definitely wanted us to get him into therapy. And I don't think she was like too pushy about that. This will come up later. I'm going to talk about kind of sort of the pressure I felt to like get him in therapy. And, and like she had said that she knew he would make a lot of great gains. I felt like, okay, we need to make those gains happen like tomorrow. <laughs> um, and that's something I always say to parents now is like, try not to put that pressure on yourself. But like I said, she was just very encouraging. And as much as, you know, we were devastated because we were, I'm still thankful for the, for the way that everything went that day. And then I remember we went out to our car and before we even could drive home, we just cried some more and it really let out a lot. There was a lot of tears from both of us. And I remember Manny saying, you know, why Logan? Why us? And at the time being like, yeah, why? <laughs> like, why, why are we dealing with this? And, you know, I'll, I'll never know why. And I know a lot of people that is hard for them that they, they want an answer. They want reasons. And, I'm not saying that I, I, you know, wouldn't take that answer if it was given to me, but at the same time, I learned to make peace with that pretty quickly because the why didn't necessarily matter. What mattered to me at that point was how we were going to move forward because that was really a question to me at that point. Like how, question mark, are we going to do this? Because I, I didn't know. I really didn't. So we were lucky that, you know, we had the support of our family and friends and people were very loving and supportive. But like I said, everybody knew, most everybody knew we were going for this appointment. And I did make a few phone calls that day to tell people, you know, Logan was diagnosed and, you know, he has autism. But it did get to the point where I was just like texting people or telling them, you know, I really like I'm spent like I, I definitely kind of went numb at a certain point and I, I remember going for a walk with my sister kind of later in the day with, with Logan and Liliana and really like I know people talk about feeling numb and maybe I had felt that before but that was such like a tangible feeling of like my emotions I was so spent I had like nothing left to, to say or or cry I was just I was a whole new level of, of just like feeling numb and feeling like disconnected from pretty much everything. <laughs> um, but the good thing that came from that, like I said, there was, there was a few good things from that appointment. 
they did provide us with some resources and one of them was like an autism resource center through the hospital where Logan was diagnosed that basically just had a list of like referrals for therapy for like OT for ABA so that kind of got the ball rolling on that stuff and I really did start making calls the very next day again I do think I put some pressure some added pressure on myself to you know get Logan into ABA I wanted to I wanted to see those gains and that was really important and I'm 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 not I don't regret doing that but I do, I do wish that somebody had said to me, like, it's okay to enjoy your child now and not feel like so under the gun with everything, because that was really how I felt. I felt like we only had such limited time to get him, you know, on the right track and moving forward. And which is really silly because like I said, he'd already been through like two years, <laughs> uh, or no, a, a full year of early intervention. And then at that point, a, a year of preschool, actually a little more than a year. So it's not like we weren't doing anything. <laughs> and he was getting speech and OT at preschool. He had an amazing preschool teacher who we still love. And it's not like we weren't doing things, but I knew at that point we, we wanted to try ABA and I wanted to, to get that process going. And I'm glad that I did because it was still another six months before we were able to start ABA just with their whole intake process and evaluations for the ABA company. And then just like getting his team together, that was another like very long kind of wait. And I, I remember so many times during that six months, like breaking down because I felt like we were wasting time and we were losing time. And again, I, I, I'm not saying I, I regret, you know, trying to get things, get the ball rolling quickly, but I, I do, I look back on that now and I, I wish that I didn't feel, I wish I didn't have that pressure on myself that we were losing time because I mean, yeah, I, I do believe in early intervention. I think it's amazing. And I think, you know, the more resources you have, the better, and the more options you have, the better. But like I said, I think there was a lot of of time that I could have spent, you know, enjoying my kids, not, not just Logan, but at that point I had Liliana. And I, I, a lot of that six months, I know I wasn't really present with them because I was so preoccupied with really everything. And you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. I look back now and I'm, I'm okay with it. I know everything kind of happened the way that it was supposed to, but if anybody listening is, is in that time, I do think it's so important to just enjoy your kids as they are right now. And, you know, that goes for your child that was diagnosed with autism. But if you have typical children too, like I, I feel like I've said it before and I still think it's kind of true that, you know, when one person in the family has autism, the whole family kind of has autism because it affects everybody. And, you know, it affects us all differently, but especially as a mom, I mean, I do, like I said, I, I look back on that time and it was, it was really tough. It really was. That was still, like I said, the very kind of early days and I'm not like angry with myself. I've definitely made peace with it. And if, if you need to to cry and to feel those feelings. And if your kids see that sometimes that's fine, that's life, you know, that's real life. And as much as we want to like protect and shield our kids from 
a lot of things and you know sometimes we can sometimes we can't and that's and that's okay too but it's really that pressure that I I know I was putting on myself that just wasn't really necessary so if I can save anybody a little bit of that I I would like to <laughs> um but eventually you know we did start therapy and Logan had a, a real team and I had a team I felt like you know obviously ABA gets a bad rep and I understand it a lot of times and you know I, I talk to people all the time who are you know thinking about starting ABA or maybe just started ABA and maybe they you know have a bad feeling about it or like maybe they had a bad experience and and I get all that I would never like diminish anybody's experience but what I will say about our experience was like up until that point I really didn't have besides like Manny I didn't really feel like I had people who were like on our team like I had my my mom and my sister and I have really great friends but like nobody who was involved with like the day-to-day stuff with Logan like I was and because we did ABA in home you know these were people who were like very close to us like from the (laughs) get-go and I I felt supported by them not just because they were supporting Logan but because like they if I had a question or if I you know wasn't sure how to handle something with him I now had you know these people who were were backing me up too and especially at that time when I was still kind of like figuring things out and finding my footing after his diagnosis that was really really helpful to me and I talk to people all the time who maybe like I said are looking into ABA or have just started and for some people having people in your house like every day or most every day is a lot and it's really overwhelming and I can totally understand that I am not someone who needs to be like on all the time (laughs) like it doesn't bother me if you know the therapists were here and there was I was like folding laundry or you know my kitchen was a mess like nine times out of ten that was the case (laughs) so I know I know there are people that that really bothers them like they feel like they have to like clean up or like you know look nice for for their therapist and maybe I did that a little bit in the beginning but I I actually remember telling myself like no don't do that because these people are going to be here all the time so like they need to get used to you as much as you need to get used to them. And that would be my advice for anyone who is, you know, having a hard time adjusting to if you're having therapists there a lot is like, you know, they're, they're really there to support you in your real life. They're not there for this like edited life with your child. They, because they want to help you and they, and they need to help you. And they're not going to be able to do that if you're kind of, you know, like sugarcoating things at home or make maybe like not really giving the full the full picture of how things are for you and your family so I know that's different for everyone and honestly for some people I think like in clinic hours are maybe the way to go if it's like you don't you don't like having someone in your home that much then like look into you know a therapy company that that has a clinic I've talked about this a few times, but we're, you know, taking a break from ABA right now, but it's something that if we were to pick it up in the future, maybe we would do in clinic hours. Cause we, we kind of did a mix. we mostly did in home, but if, if we ever had like a break from school or in the summer, Logan would go to the clinic and he loved it. He did really well at the clinic. So, I mean, I, I really feel like there's, 
there's a lot of ways to make it work for you and you just kind of have to figure out what's the best way for your family. This is not going to be all about ABA though, I promise. But I wanted to share that because like I said, that was, that was a turning point. Obviously for Logan, you know, starting ABA was huge and pretty much right away we saw that it was going to be beneficial for him, even, you know, just in small ways. But like I said, really for, for us as a family too, I just, I felt like I had this new support that I wasn't really expecting. I didn't necessarily know that that was going to be a part of our ABA journey was like feeling the support of these people, but we really did. And it's such an interesting relationship because they are, you know, they're, they're working with your child. Like they're here for a goal, but at the same time, they're here for so much of your life and day to day, there's so much going on and they really see all of it. So it was definitely, um, it's, it's weird to look back on it now. Cause like I said, we are taking a break and I do miss Logan's team terribly and I know that he does too and that was kind of the hardest part about all of this was having to kind of say goodbye to these people who have been like such a huge part of our life huge huge part of our life and I'm not big on goodbyes so it's kind of more of like a see you later and I and I and I genuinely believe that in some capacity but that was a big deal and that's another thing that when you know looking back what I I know I really could have benefited from was just community And honestly, that's like why I started the podcast because I was just desperate to talk to other people who were like in my same boat. And I've said this many times, but you know, I love listening to podcasts and I was looking for a podcast like this one and really couldn't find it. And I was shocked by that. I couldn't believe that it didn't exist, but I wanted to be having these conversations too. I mean, I I wanted to hear them, but then when I realized I couldn't find them, I was like, well, no, like I want to talk to these people. And I knew that other people could benefit from that as well. So that was really what kind of gave me the, the, the bug to start the podcast was because I myself was really desperate for community. And one of the things I wish I knew then you know, that you didn't have to just start a podcast, but there is such an amazing online community. And I've, I've been really lucky to, you know, have people in my real life and make, make friends with other autism moms who are like my really good friends now, which is amazing. But even if you don't have people like that, like in your life, the online community, as much as, you know, there can be some conflict and maybe not everybody agrees on everything. There's also just some really amazing people out there who are looking for the same things that want to connect, that want to support each other, that want to help each other. And I wish that I had known that from the very beginning. And, you know, I had started following accounts or whatnot on Instagram. I I mean, there was a few like blogs that I read that I, I liked, but I mean, I think social media, even in the time that Logan's been diagnosed, like I know I had Instagram back then, but I wasn't just personally as active and I, like I said, I had Facebook and I did follow some accounts on Facebook. Like, of course I followed, um, Kate from Finding Cooper's Voice. And that was when I started following Lisa from Cody Speaks, who she's been on the show a couple times. And it, and it was every time I would like read their posts, I felt so seen. <laughs> but what I didn't realize was that there was a lot of other people who, you know, maybe they didn't have a huge following. Maybe they were just like a regular mom. Like I was who, we're just kind of sharing a little peek into their life. And I know for me how just important that was and 
validating it was to see these people who were like doing similar things to what I was who were you know living this life and autism was a part of it because that was one of the huge things to me back in the beginning was feeling like autism was like this cloud over everything and now I really don't see it that way I just see it as like a part of our life a part of our family it's not it's not this for me at least it's not this this you know storm cloud that hangs over us like yeah sometimes there's storms <laughs> but sometimes there's sunshine and rainbows too like there there's so much happening but again I I feel like what was so scary to me back in the beginning was feeling like autism was like overrunning our lives and that was really all I could focus on whereas now I really just see it as like a part of our lives and I know not everybody agrees with this, but honestly, for me, I really do see it as a blessing in our life as much as it is hard and there are challenging days and days where I want to like throw in the towel. What I had said to that mom in, in that message was, you know, if you're anything like me, this is going to make you grow and stretch as a person in ways that you never could imagine and in, in ways that you never would have known before autism came into your life. And as much as that's hard <laughs> and there are growing pains involved, it's like I said, to me, I really look at it as such a gift because the person that I was before all of this, she was okay. <laughs> I like her. I have, I have love for her, but I, I really am so thankful for just the lessons that I've learned and the way that I've been able to grow as a person, as a mother, I feel like I'm a better mom to my daughters because of Logan. I feel like I'm a, a better friend to, for, to my friends because I, I have a new empathy and just new perspective on things with everything. I always say that like autism really gave me a new pair of eyes and I just look at the world in a completely different way. So to anybody listening right now who maybe is in those early days or maybe not, maybe you're a couple years out, but you're still struggling. I talk to parents like that too. That's okay. We're all on different parts of this journey and time has very little to do with it. But I, my, what I hope that you would take away from me sharing this is hope <laughs> when I say hope I, I remember saying that in the in that very first episode is that hope is like one of the strongest things that we can feel and I've, I've learned that a million times over that's the funny thing about autism is like you learn a lesson and you think you've learned it but then you actually have to learn it like 10 more times <laughs> and I'll probably keep learning that but holding on to that hope and holding on to just just that that hope inside of you that you know there there's more coming there's like brighter days coming cuz i like i said i remember that that storm cloud you're doing okay and that was that's like always the biggest thing that i tell people when i when i talk to a parent of a newly diagnosed child is that you know bottom line you and your child are going to be okay cuz that was what i needed to hear so badly and I wanted, I wanted to hear it and I wanted to believe it. And I wish that somebody had just said that to me that, you know, you and Logan are going to be okay. And your whole family is going to be okay. 
And that is why I wanted to do this today, share this episode, because you are going to be okay. And okay means different. It looks different for everybody, but I, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, going through this journey and not eventually coming out on the other side where you have healed and you have moved forward. And like I said, it doesn't, time has little to do with it. It's, it's really just about you as a person and that personal growth. So that's what I want to say about that. And I'm going to take a quick break and come back. And like I said, I have some kind of how it started versus how it's going things to go over. So stay tuned for that. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, so like I said, I was kind of inspired by the hashtag of, you know, how it started versus how it's going. And we actually are coming up on the anniversary of Logan's diagnosis day. Um, it's next month. So I guess it's kind of fitting. It's coming up, but, um, I, I, like I said, I could have honestly shared like 20 of these. There, there are so many things when I really sat down to think about it that I just look at so differently now, as opposed to, you know, before he was diagnosed or right after he was diagnosed. So the first one I wrote, cause honestly, I think this was like the biggest thing for me was that then I was scared of the future. I had a real fear of the future. And if you listen to that first episode, I know for sure I referenced that because for such a long time, that was what scared me the most. And not only did it scare me, but it was like, I truly couldn't picture it. I couldn't picture Logan any older than he was at that very moment. And I think it's definitely through doing the podcast. And like I said, kind of finding a community of people, you know, with, with kids in the spectrum or adults on the spectrum themselves and seeing adults on the spectrum, some that remind me of Logan, some that are completely different, but just seeing that people are, you know, aging and growing up and still kind of doing life and autism is still a part of that. I don't know where exactly the shift came in, but now I really have an excitement for his future. And I, I genuinely mean that. I feel like there, there's so much that I have to look forward to with him. And what I mean is that there, there were things before that scared me, 
about him growing up and I didn't know how to handle them. And now, you know, he's eight. So it's not like we're getting into like the scary puberty years yet or anything. We're getting close. But what makes me excited is that I, like he was four when he was diagnosed and he's, he's eight now. And I look at all the ways that he's changed and grown and progressed in these past four years. And I'm honestly just kind of blown away by it, by this, this person that he's become that I really can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next four years. And then four years after that, like it's going to look different for sure. It's not going to look like his typical peers. And I've fully made peace with that now, which I think is a big part of this too. But like I said, I'm excited to see what it's going to look like. And it's definitely going to be an adventure, but I think it's going to be a really good one. And I, I'm just more open to, to so many things. I think, you know, being on, on this path of having a child with special needs, our, my life looks very different from, you know, most of my friends and our, our family looks pretty different. And that maybe was part of what scared me before was just kind of those differences and not having this kind of model laid out of like, you know, your kids go to elementary school and then they go to junior high and high school and maybe they play sports or whatever. And then you look at colleges. Like, I I don't think that we are going to have this like straight and narrow path by any stretch, but I know that we're the path that we're on now, I like, and I'm happy to, to keep going. So that, that's a really huge one. So then the second one I wrote is then I had a feeling that our life would never be normal again. And I use air quotes for normal. And that was very real. Again, right after Logan was diagnosed, that was something that weighed so heavily on me. It was like this, I, I really was kind of grieving not only, you know, this quote unquote normal child, but this normal life for our family. I felt like autism just came and like threw a wrench and everything. And again, now I feel completely different. I look at it so differently. And now it's like, what is normal? I mean, truly at this point, the word normal just almost like makes me laugh. But what I wrote for, for now is that we are living our version of normal and that couldn't be more true. I mean, we, we have, like I said, a different life, but it's like so happy. There's so much happiness and we have so much to look forward to and so much fun together. I mean, when Logan was diagnosed, like I said, Liliana was a year old. We never had any plans to have a third child, but you know, now we have Layla who she's almost three. And I just, I, I'm so proud and amazed by our, our little family unit. Um, just a couple weeks ago, we went to the mall with everybody. I mean, it's COVID times. So we have, and we also live in Chicago where it is freezing. It was like a high of eight today. There's very little, little to do. Um, and we were like, you know what, let's, we needed to get a few things. And I was like, let's just do it. I'm like, it'll probably be a total shit show, but let's just like take everyone to the mall and they can, we can put our masks on and we'll see what happens. And I honestly was expecting it to be a total shit show. Pardon my, my cursing, but there's no other word to use there. Um, and it ended up being so much fun. I mean, we like, it was a mess. The, I mean, we definitely 
we, we had to keep an eye very closely on everybody, but we ended up having a really good time. And, you know, we got like mall snacks and they, we took the kids to the Disney store and it was like, they were, minds were blown. I mean, it was just like little stuff. We don't, we really get out so infrequently now that it, like anything would have been exciting. <laughs> but I remember coming home and saying to Manny, I'm like, I really had like such a fun day with our little crew. And like, this was the kind of stuff is, is like, you know, I can't even think of the word, like trivial as it sounds like a mall trip. Like this was the kind of stuff that I really couldn't even picture at that point. Like I, I, I felt like, oh my gosh, can we ever go anywhere? Can we ever do anything? Which is silly because Logan has always liked going places, but especially because we have three kids. Like we just, we are, we are like a, a real motley crew, <laughs> all of us. Um, so again, like it looks different. It's messy. It's not perfect, but we, we just enjoy our time so much and it's normal to us. That's our version of normal. So yeah, you'll, you'll find your version of normal too. And it's going to look different from mine or from anybody else's, but it's going to be normal to you. And that's what matters. Okay, so the next one I wrote, and I kind of had referenced this before, was then I had a feeling of being under the gun for Logan to progress. And like I said, this is one that really kind of weighs on me because I do think about those parents who are in like a, you know, their newly diagnosed child and thinking, oh my gosh, we need to do all the therapies and just do all the things and help our kid. And it's like, that's very real. And honestly, like, wanting to help your kid, I don't think ever goes away. I don't think your kid could ever progress so much that you're like, "Mm, we're good. But what I would really like for people to take away from this is like, just let go of some of that pressure. And I know it's easier said than done, but especially now, because we are taking a break from therapy. Like if you had told me even a year ago, you know, next year, Logan's not going to be an ABA. I would have panicked. That would have made me so nervous, not just for like, what that would mean for like our day to day, but for him in terms of progress, like how, how would he, you know, make progress if he wasn't an ABA? But what I'm realizing more and more and what Manny and I keep talking about is because he isn't so preoccupied with therapy, he's actually kind of doing more around the house and just like with our family, he's more of like an active participant in our family because he's not always kind of pulled away by therapy. And we really, we have seen him be so much more engaged with his sisters. I see him following direction so much better with like household stuff of, you know, like get your shoes or get dressed or brush your teeth. Like even if it's things that he can't completely do on his own that we're still working on, he's, he's making that effort and trying more. Whereas before he was, had, you know, just so much of his time was taken up by therapy. And there was always somebody here to kind of help facilitate that. And now he is just, things are, things are very different, but honestly, in a good way, we're, we're just seeing so much growth from him and maybe not in a way that you can put down on paper, but one of the things, another real big shift for me in everything is realizing that, you know, life skills are going to be the most important thing for Logan. And of course, like, you know, academically and in school, like I want him to, you know, continue to learning, of course, but that really to me is like the priority is, is, are those life skills. And because he has so much more time at home, you know, just kind of 
doing his own thing and like I said just being like an active participant in our family those life skills are sort of coming and that like I said that's not something I could have anticipated and it would have really scared me a year ago if somebody had said oh you're not going to be having ABA but what I realized is that it's it's really been a good thing and I mean I've talked about it before but you know one of the best things that you can do on this journey is like roll with the punches <laughs> as hard as that is and I'm not even like a type a person but it's it still can be hard but I think sometimes it's like you you don't even realize kind of what's going on until you stop and look around you and like I said there's going to be twists and turns and if you just kind of go with them and follow your gut I think that that's like the best thing that you can do so now the way I feel is that I still want to help him, but the pressure is off. And that's what I mean about, you know, taking the break from therapy and, you know, still wanting to help him in other ways, still looking for ways for him to grow. I, I'll always want to help him, but I don't feel that pressure of like, oh my gosh, we have to do this therapy or he's not going to do this. Like, especially with speech, then that was a huge thing and that will come up later. But I, I felt like if we didn't, you know, get heavy duty with with speech in the ABA like we were never going to hear those words and I just don't feel that way anymore okay so the next one I have is then I was constantly thinking about the next steps and that was very true I was always looking forward to you know what are we going to do next and in some ways I think that's good because you know I'm like I said I'm not type A I'm not really naturally a planner and I feel like this whole autism journey has made me into more of a planner but before it was like I wasn't I wasn't enjoying that day-to-day and I wasn't as present with with my family and with Logan because I was always thinking about the next steps like I said when I was trying to get him into therapy I was so preoccupied with that and that was like all I could think about or when he was you know we were looking into for for starting kindergarten phasing out of preschool and doing all the research and trying to figure that out and feeling so preoccupied with getting him into school. And I think part of it is just the the phase we're at right now of, you know, we're, we're really happy with, with his school environment. And again, we're, we're, you know, we're taking a break from therapy. Like, I just feel like how I feel now is that I'm really able to enjoy the present moment while still preparing for the future. I'm still thinking about, I'm always thinking about something <laughs> like right now, you know, it's, it's February, but I'm thinking about what are we going to do this summer? What, what's our plans for summer? So things like that. I think it's always good to, you know, kind of be thinking ahead, but not to be so preoccupied with it. And just again, really enjoying the present and enjoying your kids right now and not thinking about, you know, enjoying them later, but just enjoying them now. And I'm, I'm able to do that so much more now. So then the last one I put, and this is a big one, was then I was waiting for words. I was just so desperate for Logan to speak. And I don't ever want to like lose hope that he could. I, I always leave a little room for that. And of course that would be amazing. And I'm not going to lie, that's still hard sometimes. It's still hard not just for like the little stuff because you know I have two daughters that are extremely verbal and talk all the time and tell me the funniest little stories and whatnot and 
there are definitely times when they say something cute or funny that I, my heart breaks a little bit because I think about what are the cute, funny things that Logan would tell me. Honestly, I'm going to get choked up <laughs> if I talk about that too much because that is like, you know, it's still kind of like a daydream of mine to like have just a, a conversation with him. I'm really going to get emotional because I just, I want to know what's in there. I want to know what he's thinking. I, 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 there's a million questions that I, I want to ask him. And I, and I really do believe that one day I'll get the answer to those questions. I just don't know if they will, you know, be from the words coming out of his mouth. And what's different, like I said, I'm, I'm, it's still emotional for me. It's still hard for me, but what I can say is that I really, I'm no longer waiting for those words in the way that I once was because now I'm really focused on functional communication for him. So obviously for him, you know, he uses his AAC and he does great with it. We're always trying to expand and, you know, get more from him. I would love for him to be able to use it in more of a conversational way. It's, it's still more of like him, you know, telling us when he needs something or requesting something obviously food and snacks a lot of times um now he used to tell us he loves taking a bath that's like his new favorite activity and when he gets home from school almost every day he wants to take a bath so that's what he'll tell me <laughs> so he just kind of lets us know like what what he's thinking or what he wants but I I can't wait for the day when we can like I said have a conversation and where I was once waiting for that to happen with with you know the words coming from his mouth now it doesn't matter to me how we get those words out. I just want that functional communication piece. And again, it's that there's, there's going to be, that's going to be a hard one forever. I think, um, until we get that functional communication, there's always going to be a part of me that of course would love to hear him say all the things, but I really do feel differently now than I did then because before it was like that, that sadness and heartache of, of him not being able to speak was crushing. And it really weighed so heavily on me all the time. And now, like I said, there's still sadness. It, there's also just like that piece of, you know, not just like hearing his little stories, but when he's upset or something's bothering him, like I just wish he could tell me what that was. And there there's so many things that I would love to talk to him about, but I mean, again, when I talk about lessons you learn over and over again, you know, there's that saying of love needs no words. And I've always loved that. Even some people might not love that or think it's cheesy and it is, but it's so, so true. And I think that's another one of those perspective shifts is that before I couldn't possibly imagine what it would be like to have a child who was eight years old and couldn't talk to me, couldn't tell me what they were thinking. Couldn't say, hi, mom. Like that was impossible and so impossible that, you know, even in the beginning after he was diagnosed that I, I still, I really had a hard time accepting that. And that was probably like the, the slowest thing for me to accept was, was his speech. And now I, I just see that so differently. And as much as I would love to hear those words, I'm not waiting for it. I'm not, I'm not, heartbroken every day that I don't hear those words. I'm just thankful that 
you know, he has an AAC and he's able to communicate more effectively with us and getting better all the time. And that is the most important thing to me is just getting that, that functional, effective communication. So that's all. Those are all my, my kind of, you know, how it started versus how it's going things. I'm sure there's many more. If you have any, share them with me for sure. Um, but that was all I wanted to talk about today. I say all, but of course I've been yapping for a long time. So <laughs> this definitely, this, this is a, all of this is so near and dear to my heart. And anyone who is in a position of, you know, waiting for a diagnosis, you know, or have just gotten one, I am always here. I'm always here for you to reach out. And I, I shared in my stories, I shared my response to that mom who had reached out to me. And I shared it because I was thinking about, like I said, I hear from a lot of parents. I get a lot of messages and I'm, I'm always happy to, you know, talk to people who need someone to talk to. But what I was thinking about are the people who don't reach out and maybe they, you know, see what I post on social media or they listen to the podcast, but maybe they are too shy or too nervous, or it's just too out of their comfort zone to reach out. I still wanted them to get that message and to hear, like I said, what I wanted to hear so badly back then was you're going to be okay. And your child is going to be okay. And I want everyone to hear that, whether you, (laughs) you know, like reach out to me personally, or you're just listening right now. That to me is the most important thing you can hear because first of all, it's true. You're both going to be okay, but because, you know, your mind can be a scary place and you can let yourself go in a million different directions. But like I said before, if you can just hold on to hope and stay strong in that, then like it's, it's true. It's so simple, but it's so true everything is going to be okay. Your your kid is going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Again, it looks different for everybody and everybody's version of okay is going to be a little bit different, but I really think there's kind of a turning point for all of us. And I, I talked to a lot of parents after I posted that message, even who are, you know, more in the same boat as I am, who are kind of on the other side of things and kind of what, what they had said is I'm, you know, I'm so thankful that this person, this is kind of the first thing they're they're seeing or hearing after getting the diagnosis because it would have been so helpful for me. And I'm like, that's exactly why I wanted to share it because I just, I'm not going to be able to reach everybody who, you know, is in the thick of it, but I want to reach as many people as I can and just say, you are going to be okay. So, all right, that is all for this episode. Again, never hesitate to reach out but anything. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I always love hearing from you guys. If you, you know, need to vent, if you're going through everything I've been talking about today, or just have, you know, a question or a comment, I'm always here. Again, if you're enjoying the podcast, I would be so grateful if you would leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast. You know, leaving a nice review is wonderful, but tapping that five star is really just as effective. So thank you so much to everybody who has left uh, a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. 
and thank you just for listening and for always being so supportive. You guys are amazing and I'm so, so thankful for this community. So that is all for now. And until next time, take care. Thank you.